how that swelling musical intro can only mean one thing, listeners of Moving Radio. It's award season. That's right. That's the only time I actually pull out a full orchestra, right? To give us fake movie music, not real movie music, <laughs> music that's meant to like pay tribute to the films. And of course, because it is creeping up on February, we're talking about the granddaddy, the most bloated of all award shows, and dare I say the most fabulous, it's the Oscars, friends. And joining us here on Moving Radio is uh, one person who watches an exceptional amount of cinema, which is Lindsay Campbell. Hello, Lindsay. Hello. Uh, you can't see, but she's got her cat with her there too. So we're also gonna get kind of like the feline perspective, or at <laughs> least uh, intermittent purring, depending on what film they like. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And also, uh, Mark Davies is joining us as well. And maybe Mark and I together will have seen as many films as Lindsay has. You know what? I would be up for uh, debating that, but I still think she would probably uh, take us over the top. But I think we can certainly bring some valid conversations and debates or questions about everything. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you know, look, uh, every team's got to have their leader, right? Uh, Lindsay right now is our our Connor, our Michael Jordan, um, our LeBron, uh, whatever you want to call it, our Christine Sinclair. I'm just going to keep naming athletes, so stop me. Friends, Oscar time. Uh, you know, we'll talk about some things about it, but I think really what we're going to cover today in this piece is we're going to talk about the big four, the acting nominations, director nominations, and also the best picture nominations. It's a lot of stuff to go over. So we'll start kind of with best actress. Lindsay, out of this category, do you have your favorite, your favorite, because I don't know that we need to necessarily predict so much, but what was your favorite out of this category, lead actress? This is a tough one because Four Things is one of my favorite things this year. I thought it was just incredible. So it wouldn't be my favorite thing without Emma Stone, but I kind of, Annette Benning kind of snuck up and kind of hit me over the head a little bit. I've watched Nyad twice now and Oh, it's a tough one. It's kind of a toss up between those two for just my personal favorites, but it's a very, a very good year and a very strong category. This is a very, very, very strong year for film. Yeah, I would agree. And especially for female actresses, for sure. This is because sometimes there's this idea of like, is there enough strong films with female leads in it? I mean, Nyad's a great example of that where they're leading most of that. Mark, how about for you? Do you have a favorite out of... Uh, Annette Benning, Lily Gladstone, Sandra Huller, or is it Hewler? I don't know. I can't remember. I've heard it several times. Carrie Mulligan or Emma Stone. Well, you know, Christian, one of the fun things about Oscar nominations is it's sort of like March Madness when people look at the big basketball brackets and they say that team was left off. And then, of course, there's been a lot of debate this week about certain actresses being left off um, this category. But I'm going to zig where everybody is going to zag or vice versa. I was disappointed to see that Penelope Cruz wasn't nominated for Ferrari. I thought she was exceptional in the film. My father-in-law, even during the film, said to me and whispered in my ears, she has to get nominated for uh, an Oscar. She, she was just great. She was well, the one that really held the film together. But, uh, but I think I'm probably going with the powerhouse Killers of the Flower Moon with Lily Gladstone. I think she's probably the Las Vegas prohibitive favorite. All the odds makers are kind of pegging her to win it. 
And you know what? Rightfully so. I, I actually thought I read the book and, you know, obviously saw the movie and Scorsese could have gone in a lot of different directions. But I thought he kind of held back kind of with kind of the gangster genre and, and certainly let Lily kind of have more of the stage and really, you know, let her performance breathe throughout the whole film. Yeah, I, I agree with you, uh, both of you, that these are all great performances. Uh, if I had to choose, I'd probably leaning more towards where Lindsay's at with Emma Stone for poor things. You know, none of these films exist without these women, but it just felt like there was so much more to chew on in something like poor things. Like Nyad is great and it's small. And, uh, you know, whether you believe the legitimacy of that story, because there's some controversy about swimming that channel anyways. Right. Um, or whether or not you thought it was, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I maybe, it, maybe my dislike of Nyad is just tainting <laughs> my feelings about Annette Benning, but I do love her, but it just felt like Emma Stone. This was a great tour de force kind of performance. And I think that in some ways, if I was going to predict, I would say it was her, um, mm -hmm. but also because there was just so much more to chew on. She was uh, experiencing life. It was like watching a, a toddler grow up incredibly fast and just like experience everything in life and just, how comedically bizarre it was like I that's that's how I just thought I was like I don't know that everybody could really do what she did in that role no I agree and I think it will come down to between Emma Stone and Lily Gladstone I think it'll I think it'll go to Lily but but oh, Emma Stone's I would love that Emma Stone's performance is just incredible poor things oh I, I love it I love it so much well and it felt like Lily Gladstone was She's definitely like the linchpin of that film of Killers of the Flower Moon. As much as you hear a lot about Leo De Niro and Scorsese, uh, I, I just feel like she's the core at, at which you need her there, right? She galvanizes that whole thing. And that's that's what I appreciated from her performance too. But to be honest with you, like if you ask me to pick, like who do I want to see get up on stage? It's absolutely Gladstone. Do you want to see what the world is really like? Yes. My name is Emma Stone. I'm playing Bella Baxter in the film Poor Things. This is Bella. She's an experiment. She's understanding what it is to be a member of society. Good evening. The more autonomous she becomes, the more challenged these men seem to be by it. Hmm. It's a very, very funny film. Why do people not just do this all the time? Mm. Well, moving on to the next category, it would be best actor. So when we start to look at best actor in a lead role, um, for me, I'm going to say, like, I know that there's a very popular feeling that Paul Giamatti is going to get it. And I think he is amazing. He plays, you know, he plays salty so well, <laughs> salty with a heart is what he really does so well. But I mean, if it's me, I, I, I kind of would lean towards Jeffrey Wright, um, A, a little bit because of resume, but B, also because I felt like that was a film that kind of gave me more and was more socially interesting and comedic in ways that I didn't necessarily expect and kind of like than, than I thought. So for pure fic American fiction, not pure fiction. But yeah, that, that would be my choice. I'm going to go with uh, my heart says Jeffrey Wright, but my money's on Giamatti. What do you think, Lindsay? I, I think my money's on Giamatti as well. My heart, I would love Jeffrey Wright to win. I feel like he's the underdog of the category. So I don't, I don't know. I'd love that, but I don't think it's going to happen. 
I feel like it could maybe be Killian Murphy. I don't think it'll be Bradley Cooper or Coleman Domingo, although those are very good performances as well. So what do you think is going against that then? Um, do you say, like, I, I mean, I understand Cooper. I think he was swinging for the fences. The fact that he's there and it was very much uh, his own passion project, pretty amazing. But see, that's where I would figure is that a lot of people would say Killian Murphy just because they feel like it's going to swing pretty hard towards Oppenheimer. I just feel like it was like there's a lot of layers to it, but it felt for me at least so stoic that mm-hmm. I get I get that there's a nuance there. But that was the thing for me that sometimes takes me away from saying like that's the best performance of the year. Oh, I agree. I don't think it's the best performance of the year, but I just I feel like either Oppenheimer is either going to sweep or it's going to be a huge upset and it will only win like one thing. Oh, I'd love a big upset. That yeah. would be so more so more for I. everyone else. More for everyone yeah, no. else. I'd love an upset. I would love to, and not because I didn't like it. I just, I would love to see Christopher Nolan take it down a peg and just everybody calm down and spread the love around a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's not Nolan talking about himself. It's mostly Robert Downey Jr., singing his voices <laughs> endlessly yeah it's 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 like he's paying him <laughs> mm-hmm. mark mark how are your feelings about the boys to be very authentic with you guys hashtag you got to put in the work that's actually one of the films that uh is on my top priority is to see uh, american fiction with jeffrey wright so uh, actually, when I read a description about it a few months ago, I was like, wow, I definitely, uh, you know, I put it on my watch le- list on Letterboxd. So I haven't had the opportunity to see the film. I mean, obviously, I'm coming at it more from, a, you know, a pop- populist standpoint with seeing Oppenheimer and kind of knowing that, yes, once again, Murphy and, you know, the whole film looks like it's going to go hard at the Oscars. I would probably say, you know, at the, at the end of the day, with all the who were the other three nominees we had bradley cooper uh i know i saw a couple of the other films as well oh giamatti you know what i mean the holdovers is is great right and it's alexander Payne at his best working with giamatti and it's kind of nice to see a reunion between the two so i actually think it'll be more of a giamatti versus murphy you know kind of a final championship belt so it'll be nice whatever happens between the two i i do hope though uh, maybe we get a bit more diversity in this category, uh, you know, not so much the the Oppenheimer sweep and we'll see what happens in this category. And I think it's a little bit more wide open, to be honest with you. Monk, your books are good, but they're not popular. Monk is a writer, but for those few people out there who still read, they don't like what he's offering. Editors, they want a black book. They have a black book. I'm black and it's my book. You know what I mean. He doesn't want to be pigeonholed in terms of the stories that he writes. Look at what they published. Look at what they expect us to write. He's sick of the racial politics of being a black artist in the world. I just want to rub their noses in it. So he pulls a prank and writes a new novel. Hello? I'd be standing outside in the night. Deadbeat dads, rappers, crack. You said you wanted black stuff. That's black, right? I see what you're doing. And it becomes the best-selling novel of his career. We believe Mr. Lee has written a bestseller. As a joke. The most lucrative joke you've ever told. But then he sees folks like, this is amazing. Is this based on your actual life? Yeah, you think some bitch-ass college boy can come up with that shit? No, no. No, I don't. It drives him up the wall. Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to I'm gonna put this out there. Would it upset either one of you if there was like some almost kind of like secret rule. You know how like 
there's codes in different sports and things like that where like you just don't do that nobody says it it's not in the rules but you don't what if like everybody said no more than three to any film three is like the max we're not going to give any film more than three would that be horrible no no that wouldn't be horrible at all because i feel like we're at the point now where it's like there doesn't need to be somebody who's sweeping or you know winning like seven or eight and and i get it like maybe some things might deserve it but i'm just like the the parody for me is is beyond that point already and hopefully the amount of i don't know um eyeballs that get onto films because they're behind bigger studios i feel like that's evolved too right because there's so many players out there mm-hmm. i i I love the idea, Christian, and this is another idea that I've always heard floated as well, you know, to like boost ratings and keep it more relevant and more exciting. They should always share the final voting results, you know, how much, uh, you know, actor receives in that category. I know some people will, you know, kind of say, well, no, that won't be any fun for somebody who doesn't receive many votes, but you could see how close it is. You know what I mean? You could see like, are we talking like, you know, is there only 10 votes separating Giamatti and Murphy here or... You know, or is it a is it a genuine genuine landslide? So, you know, I'm always open for new ideas to how to present to the Oscars. Okay, I got a crazy idea here. What if it's like a reverse <laughs> draw? So throughout the night, every time they present one of the films as part of like the best best picture nominee, they'll be like, it's nominated for best picture, but it has lost. And they <laughs> so there's like seven more left, six more, right? Until That'd be good. the final two. I don't know. Uh, I this is why I'm not a TV producer. Probably somebody <laughs> who knows what they're doing would be like, "You're an idiot. That's a terrible idea. You just stole, you took away all the drama." Um, well, let's move on to another. Uh, the last two of our categories. The second last one would be best directing. Um, I don't know if it's controversy, but I feel like there was somebody who was definitely left out that maybe should have been, but. Um, let's talk about these films here. There's Zone of Interest, Poor Things, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, I think I have a sneaking suspicion where you're going, Lindsay. So I'm curious to see what you say. Oh, goodness, this category. First of all, I just feel like maybe at this point we should just give Martin Scorsese like a front row seat and a mm. pat on the back every year and say, thank you for your contribution to cinema, Marty happy oscar night and then leave it at that and just stop 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 like he can just take him off the list put somebody else on there i kind of feel the same about nolan honestly um i'm very excited to see lanthimos on the list again Mm -hmm. but it's not his first rodeo justine triette that's exciting that's very exciting uh she won the the golden globe so we'll see that she she might be an upset in there i feel like it's gonna go to nolan or scorsese where's your heart Lindsay? you know my heart is honestly with lanthimos on this one but i think that zone will get um best international feature oh okay all right see where i was kind of looking at i'm like uh if i was giving it to something where i was like this is the kind of drama that I like. Uh, then I would go with Triat for Anatomy of a Fall because mm-hmm. um, it's it's incredibly interesting in the way that the story mm-hmm. unfolds, right? Yeah. In a way that you don't get a lot. So it's not linear kind of narrative stuff. It keeps you engaged the entire time. And it's mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite things sometimes if it's done well is it's like theater 
where it is a lot of dialogue driven, mm-hmm. you know, and, it, and it's not exposition in some ways, but it's like you're discovering layers and there's so many nuances to just the relationship of this couple in the film itself. So I don't know. I just, I thought that was a fascinating piece and to do something like that. I think it's minimized a lot when you're like, Oh, pulling good performances out of actors in a small film um, doesn't mean that much. And and that's why I was glad that she was nominated for sure. Um, In the same way that I agree with you where Lanthimos is, you know, has created this uh, bizarre adult fairy tale that not even Tim Burton could have dreamt up in his wildest dreams. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like it's, That's what blew my mind about it. I was like, this is so genius. And as much as you, you're like, oh, he has a style. I'm like, but does he? I guess bizarre is the style some ways. But I'm like, every one of these films is completely different than he's done from, from Lobster to this. So I don't know. I, I feel like he would be deserving of it because of just the scope of a picture like this now compared to what he's done before. And I agree with you. I'm like, it's great to pat, um, you know, the veterans on the back, I think in a lot of ways, but it does seem sometimes like, you know, why are we putting Spielberg in there for the Fablements? Is it, is it really well learned, but it's also, it's part of that machine. It's like honor the past, but also honor the future, which they're constantly trying to do both ways and uh you know also it's art it's subjective i don't know mark what's your feelings on best director well i I would probably say from a personal standpoint um having read extensively about what glazer had to do with the zone of interest um is is pretty unique and i i recommend to everybody i haven't had a chance to see it but i mean it's pretty fascinating how they wanted to approach the topic with the film um, in regards to the winner, I, I think once again, you know, the prohibitive favorites and, you know, if you want to hashtag say, you know, keep patting yourselves on the back, it looks like it'll either be Scorsese or Nolan. I will say this about Nolan and Oppenheimer. Um, I, I do feel that once again, I, as I said, Oscars, I want to, you know, I want the films to represent kind of a feeling I have in, in the world and, you know, kind of some anxiety I have about certain things in 2024. And certainly with, with the movie Oppenheimer and kind of like the whole piece about technology and where it can take us and where we're going with it, you know, I, I thought it, it felt really potent, especially where, you know, the anxiety I have, I have about, you know, the future of, you know, for example, artificial intelligence or where are we going with the internet and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's certainly something I think, you know, that that can feel current and and feel um, kind of soul bearing within its message. So that's one of the things I liked about Oppenheimer and what Nolan was able to do with it, kind of this idea of where technology and, you know, how it can be good and obviously how how dangerous it can be as well. So, as you know, the autopsy report is uh, inconclusive about the cause of death. Stop. I did not kill him. That's not the point. I was honest about it. Mais vous l'avez pas été l'année de sa mort avec cette fille avec qui vous l'avez trompé. Pourquoi? Il y a quand même quelque chose d'un peu étrange dans cette situation. Vous admettez qu'il était jaloux. Non, I don't know. No. Allez, écoutez-vous. On a l'impression que vous l'avez trompé continuellement. Quand il commence à se reprocher des trucs, moi je préfère mon ami. Tu peux pas me dire qui était le plus énervé des deux? Non. Est-ce que vous pouvez nous dire à quoi il fait référence quand il parle du pillage de son œuvre That's not true. Vous aviez déjà frappé votre mari Non. Non, jamais. C'est bien ce qui s'est passé. 
pas pu les entendre s'ils parlaient comme maman. J'ai confondu. T'as confondu. Do you feel the same way I do? That I I really feel like Greta Gerwig was robbed. <laughs> like I I don't I don't get it. Like I've seen some good articles that have said it probably was the most dangerous big budget film that's ever been done. The studio had no idea it would be this popular. That I would never have expected a tent pole picture to actually have based on an IP of a doll to have that kind of much relevance to what it was actually trying to say. The fact that it looked picture perfect to what anyone who has interacted with these dolls would feel like that world coming to life and just the performances and just the art direction and just, it took vision. So that's why I was really surprised Greta didn't get nominated for this. Um, I'm not saying I take somebody off. Yeah, well, and that's the question, Christian. Who would you bump off the I list if Greta? I'm right, always going to take the low person on the totem pole. Probably be Glazer for for yeah. his right. own of interest, right? You know what I mean? Like that's where I, the way I'd look at it. I just if you asked me to compare those two, I would. And then I'm like, even if you told me to take off Marty, I'd be like, yeah. To be honest with you, Mark, I'd take off anybody but Anatomy of a Fall. <laughs> you would take off anybody but anatomy of a fall yeah I probably would because honestly yeah. i look at pretty things where i'm like i'm like that's just as bold as barbie was if you were going to take something that was like maybe uh similar in in maybe what it was not what it's trying to say but just in the approach and the in construction the of it and the scope i'd say yeah. that's probably it's equal Yes, I 100% agree with you. Barbie is absolutely on the same par of world building and the the whole all around of poor things to Barbie. Greta Gerwig should be on that list because what Lanthimos did is just mind-blowingly incredible. If people have not seen it yet, you've got to. When I saw it, my friend at the end of it said, I want to watch every Lanthimos with you now. And I said, no, you don't, because you don't. I never want to watch Dogtooth again. <laughs> but this is something completely unique and different and weird. And there's something just so like bizarre and beautiful and incredible about the world of poor things. And it keeps evolving and changing and getting weirder. That's very much on par as Barbie. I I really, you know, it deserved to be in all of like the hairstyle, the makeup, the costume, the set design, all around, all around. It should be absolutely on that list. And I would totally take Marty off of that list. Um, Glazer, yeah, I, I could think of other people that could be on that list instead. Greta was the first person and the only person we went to because I love her as a writer, as a director. There's so much play in how she directs that it creates a real safe space in order for you to feel like you can try something. And I think you'll really be able to see that with this movie because everyone's trying something different. She is a fo force is the only word for what she is. She, I don't understand how a person has that much energy to give. The thing that I really appreciate and admire about her is that there isn't an ounce of, you know, pretentiousness in her body. She's just kind of there socializing with everyone, cracking jokes, making fun of things, and, and you know, she's the first person to, to laugh. She will do the off-camera voices <laughs> with the same vigor <laughs> as 
uh, and enthusiasm as the actor who who maybe can't be there for whatever reason. You know, to play devil's advocate, I mean, as well, she's already been nominated. So if we're going to like, you know, strike other directors, she's already been nominated twice as well. Right. So I I just think at that point, it's kind of like, okay, well, she's also, you know, she's already been there. And I know she has, I don't, she hasn't won a best director award, but you know, are you saying Barbie's a better film than Lady Bird or was it Pretty Women was her second nomination, I think? So I think Barbie is better than both of those. Yeah. 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 I do. Yeah, I agree too. And and that's why I would look at it as like if you keep evolving, like then that's another reason to to keep getting back. And particularly if you haven't had maybe that that moment to win. But again, who knows how small that margin was of not being on that list? Like it's hard to say. Um, cause there's no way that she wasn't considered. That's for <laughs> sure. All right. So there we go. That's, I mean, that's a lot about, uh, best director. And I think there's so many, what is cool about that is that I feel like in a small amount of nominees, I mean, obviously best picture because they have so many that this year, at least I'm like, these are all incredibly different films, but mm-hmm. I, I have to say <laughs> that I'm like, if there was one that I respected the most that didn't get up there from a film that I love, it would have been Gerwig for for Barbie. But, you know, they're up for best picture. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's another good thing, right? My wife was saying to me, she's like, that would be a great moment for her to be able to get up there and get best picture if that did happen uh, and and get that as a producer. Right. So I think we're going to see you up there anyways, in best adapted screenplay, but let's, uh, let's move our focus to best picture. Oh my gosh. So many choices here. Yeah. I I mean, I, I'm still, I'm I'm always down with this, like longer, like this being a a, a bigger category. I think that's a great thing because it gives love to a lot of small films that a lot of people haven't an opportunity to see yet. And a lot of bigger films that that probably deserve it. So uh, in this loaded field of a lot of films that we've already talked about, right? Uh, It would be American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, uh, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, Zone of Interest. Uh, Is this in any way a Sophie's Choice for you, Lindsay? Or do you got a clear favorite here? Is there a Lindsay's choice? Mm, it's a tough one. This is a really interesting category. Seven of these 10 appeared on my top 20 list for the year. Right. I'm sure you can imagine which three did not appear on my, <laughs> t- my top 20 list because they just didn't need to be there. I don't, they're overrepresented everywhere else. They didn't need to be on my list. So I was a little bit upset not to see all of us strangers not make this list. I would definitely swap that out for probably Maestro. But do I have a clear favorite? No, I don't. I mean, again, poor things just all around. I love it so much. But if we go down the list, American fiction, there's one rare case of a movie where I didn't want it to end. I could have kept watching it all day. I thought it ended too fast. I wanted more. uh, And that does not happen very often. So fantastic film. I love American fiction. Anatomy of a Fall is amazing. And going back to directing, um, I heard that uh, Sandra Hewler asked Justine Triette if the character was guilty or not and Justine said I don't know (laughs) and so Sandra decided to play her as though she was innocent but she it's open for debate which I love 
Okay. Barbie, of course, this movie is all around just one of the most spectacular things of the year, and it absolutely deserves to be on this list. The Holdovers, I feel, is like a little sneaky underdog in here. I just feel like I love that it's here. It's a wonderful film. Um, I, I love it. It's a great little film, but I feel like it's sneaking in there like a little underdog or something. Uh, Killers, sure, whatever. I mean, come on. We'll just skip. Uh, <laughs> Maestro. Maestro, those six minutes of conducting were just amazing, but the rest of it, whatever. Um, Oppenheimer, again, just more men, 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 great men everywhere. Men, men, men. Um, <laughs> I was very surprised to see Past Lives on this list. It's a wonderful little film. Um, I would probably put Celine on the um, director's list instead of maybe Marty. Um, so that's a beautiful little film. John Bagaro's performance. It's just, be it's beautiful. That, it's just a beautiful little quiet film that I just love. Um, but we're surprised to see it on this, on this list here. Poor things. Uh, I think I've made it clear how much I, I love that film. Oh gosh. I love it so much. And zone of interest. Again, I think it'll get the, the international feature instead of best i think it's it, you know it belongs on the list but i, I think it'll get feature for uh, international all right well mark where are you leaning towards it's, it's tough to uh, back clean up after Lindsay went through every uh selection there but once again i think uh killers of the flower moon i i think the studio could have said to martin you know look the book i don't know if, how many people have read it, it it's actually more uh, factual base and it feels more like a, a crime mystery and I think Scorsese could have gone in that direction with the book but but instead he he actually really went in an opposite uh, move and, and centered the film around Lily Gladstone and and didn't worry so much of kind of about the graphic violence or or you know kind of like um, manipulation of, of kind of the gangster genre so I, I just think it's a fascinating movie and and you know, people always, they always want to talk about, oh, the book, you know, the, in, you know, it, the book was so much better than the movie. This, this was just great in that an artist took the book and he actually put his own spin on it. And, and still by putting on his own spin on it, he gave, he gave the story uh, incredible validation. He told me he was, he was going with Matt Williams for a time. You talk too much. Oh, I don't talk too much. Just thinking who I got to beat in this horse race, that's all. I didn't realize this was a race. I don't care for watching horses. Well, I'm a different kind of horse. <laughs> what was that? Shomikasi. That's how you are. I don't know what she said, but it must have been Indian for handsome devil. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm kind of uh, I'm leaning a little bit more towards some of the things that, that Lindsay was saying. If I had to pick and choose and I was a real actual voter trying to weigh all the checks and balances of like what makes a best picture. Um, did it, did it, was it something that left me with something to think about, right? Is it the, the kind of film that stays with me? So if I said, is it the kind of thing that stays with me? I, I might not lean into something like Oppenheimer because I've, I'm kind of on the same track as you, Lindsay, but at the same time, I was like, it, at a certain point, it felt like homework, you know, and I just didn't want to keep 
watching what was going on. Um, but I guess, you know, Nolan is showing that he's in touch with, with maybe more feelings since she had his first love scene. <laughs> if you could, if you can call that him getting in touch with feelings and trying to focus on some women. But uh, so I would go with like, what was the most fun that I had that stayed with me that made me think about it, that made me talk about it. Uh, I'm going to say Barbie. Um, it had a real focus in its vision. Uh, I think it connected with an audience. I think it had amazing performances. Um, I loved everybody in that film, honestly. Like it all came together. I'll, even John Cena as a merman was good. So I'm like, I would probably pull for that. And then I would probably be a toss up between American fiction and probably the holdovers. And I think that says more maybe about me uh, and my own personal leanings of what is the kind of stuff that I like to watch. Uh, I love a character driven piece like that, that doesn't necessarily have to be rooted uh, in something very specifically historical, but is the kind of piece that a lot of people can take things out of about who people are and how we feel. Um, and, and those are the kind of things that stay with me. I know for sure uh, I'm going to watch all three of those films again, but I can't say that about a lot of the other films on the list. So yeah, that's kind of where I, I stand on some of those things. I will, I will be extremely over the moon if it was uh, Barbie with the TKO and the Barbenheimer battle. Well, I think, Christian, you make a good point. Like, it's all subjective, right? Like, we all have our favorites. Like, I remember a couple of years ago, I, I just wanted The Sound of Metal to receive so much love at the Oscars. And I think it batted, you know, 0% at the end of the night. And, you know, it's, it's you're right. They're the films, you know, what, you know, they make you feel something. It just sometimes it's the movies that we want to see win. They don't always end up winning but you know i actually thought it was a great year for cinema you know what i mean like uh i think certainly with the way movies have been going the last five to ten years and you know with the advent of streaming and covid and um more stars going to television it was just a great year i thought, I thought it was a really good year for film so I, I was happy to be able to participate in it and obviously be able to watch it yeah i'm curious what this strike is going to have on the effect of of a release schedule for next year, because we already know that there's going to be much more, there's going to be less things in theaters for the next few months until we kind of creep towards the end of the year when, when production has started to ramp up a bit. So I'm very curious because we've already seen dates move back and forth. Uh, you know, American fiction be one of those things that was, you know, was supposed to come out a little bit earlier to your wider audience, but they're letting it build more towards the Oscars now. Um, so I'm curious to see what next year is going to be like, because it felt like, oh, here's the bounce back from, a COVID year, like there was a lot of great cinema and it felt like, you know, people found something to get behind. And I don't care if you were wearing a fedora or a pink shirt to the theater. Like it's an amazing thing that people found two films that were events that they could connect with on another level than just beyond. This is a good way to waste my next two and a half hours. I also want to say real quickly, Christian, it'd be tragic if we didn't give a shout out to the Canadian content at the Oscars. Uh, I do know that Ben Proudfoot was nominated for short documentary for The Last Repair mm -hmm. Shop. And you can actually check it out on Disney+. Plus. He's yeah. a young filmmaker from Halifax. Uh, and believe it or not, this isn't his first time uh, being nominated. He actually got nominated for The Queen of Basketball. 
And shout out to our brother, City. This film even won Best Doc at the Calgary International Film Festival. So if you want to put in the real work and kind of veer off the main categories, check out The Last Repair Shop on, on I can't believe it, I'm going to say it, on the corporate entity Disney+. Plus. Hey, they have some good stuff up there. Uh, yeah. There's things I've used in class. It's, it's not all uh, Marvel and Star Wars filler, but, uh, but I watch that stuff too. So I, I can't <laughs> help myself, Mark. You got to see it where you can find it, right? Exactly. Yeah, It is what it is. But I mean, I agree. It was an incredibly, incredibly good year for cinema. There, I, I'm a little upset that Saltburn was completely shut out of everything. And and like I said, all of us strangers, but it was a, an exceptionally good year for cinema. And I think it is a big bounce back from COVID. I think the writer strike effect will be similar to the lull of COVID. I think, you know, some things that have been on the shelf will get dusted off and there'll be a bit of a lull, but I think we'll come back really strong. Um, you know, I think COVID uh, impacted the industry longer than, than the, the strike. We'll see. Well, either way, it's going to be a fascinating three and a half hours of my life coming up <laughs> to watch it. Uh, I love watching every second and digesting it. I can't wait to see the short films package, which uh, yes. I'm sure will be rolling around here soon. Should, uh, Cause yes. I always inevitably miss a few of those things. I know uh, Mark, you and I end up sometimes seeing some of that stuff at EIFF, uh, which always does a great job uh, of promoting those kinds of films. Uh, so that's what I look forward to is being able to see that either on VOD or hopefully at a theater close to uh, the event itself and be able to see that stuff. All right. Well, that kind of puts a bow on our look, at least 2024 Oscar stuff, the major stuff. Uh, you know, this could have been three to four hours, but I think this uh, gave a pretty good insight into a lot of the other things that are categories that we didn't talk about that we actually mentioned um, within this conversation. So I just say, go ahead and enjoy it. I've heard some salty people online talk about like, why do we pat all these celebrities on the back? We can go full Ricky Gervais and try to slam it. And I get it. There's a certain level of hypocrisy that comes from the fact of like, uh, isn't art important? But I'm like, in some ways it is. I, I agree with you that maybe we don't need to throw so much money at it. I agree that maybe uh, sometimes the pomp and circumstance, depending on who you are, might be too much. But I think there's there's so much more to enjoy than that. But if you're the kind of person that just wants to know what people are wearing, I think that's incredible. Maybe, just maybe, you see a film that you didn't think you were going to watch because of whatever you saw in that program. So uh, I'm all about every facet of it myself. Yeah. I even like a good speech that has way too much social relevance to it. As, as long as it isn't bloated. I think that, that <laughs> there have been many of those that kind of really move me. And particularly when it's people who win and they're like, I'm the first of fill in the blank to do this ever. And, you know, so I would love that for like, let's say Gladstone, Lily Gladstone would be mm -hmm. amazing. Yes. So uh, yeah, I'm down with all parts of it. I don't know. I've seen you chime in on those conversations there, Lindsay. So I think you're in the same spot. I am. Definitely. I love the Oscars and never miss them. Uh, I don't care. You can talk them down. <laughs> nope. I don't care. It's not going to change yeah. it. I know what I'll be doing on March 10th. <laughs> yeah. I'm just super happy when I don't have to go to the hospital afterwards. That's all I'm <laughs> happy about. Mark, do you enjoy all of it, Mark? 
I actually think the best part of the show is the first 30 minutes with the host's opening monologue. So Kimmel's the host this year. I'd love to see, you know, just stand-up comedians. I would love to see Jamie Foxx host one day. I'd love to see Kevin Hart host one day. I actually think that's the best part of the the show is the first 30 minutes where you get kind of some jokes that, you know, take into account the past year. You get the quick cutaway from the director. And that's my favorite part. I I always think it gets a little long on the tooth, uh, you know, around the two-hour mark. And that's probably when you, you know, best have your PBR handy. But I love the first half hour with the uh, the opening monologue. Three different opinions about it. Maybe Lindsay and me are a little bit closer. Uh, I would do pregame, postgame as well with Oscars. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of get bummed when there's not enough talk about this. And and uh, I don't even need to just be more interviews on the way to parties. I'd be more like, God, where's the live podcast about what just went down tonight artistically would be uh, a fascinating to me. Trust me, listeners, we're not going to do that. <laughs> I am not offering that up in any way whatsoever. Don't you worry. Uh, Lindsay, Mark, thank you so much for kind of, you know, taking the time discussing with us all about Oscars 2024. And uh, I'm very excited for another year of Canadian independent and local cinema that we're going to bring to you, the listeners, over the next 12 months. <laughs>